Hello, Bravo lovers, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. On this episode, we have the return of Bravo News. I'm discussing Nene Leake's interview with Carlos King about her life after Bravo, her opinions on the show, and why she sued Bravo, Andy Cohen, and the production company that produces The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I also discuss that nasty man, Lenny Hochstein, the ex-husband of Lisa Hochstein on The Real Housewives of Miami because he and his mistress pulled the stunt of the century for the internet with their engagement announcement. So messy. And we finally have the trailer for season nine of Southern Charm, and the trailer looks so good. Season nine of Southern Charm premieres September 14th on Bravo and airs the next day on Peacock. Lastly, I have my recap of Welcome to Crappy Lake and the Real Housewives of Orange County. So let's get into it. So let's get into some Bravo news. I know I have not done Bravo news in a couple of weeks or a couple of episodes. I'm not really sure. And I'm sorry about that. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, if you guys did not know, I know I'm late to talking about this, but Nene Leakes, former housewife of Atlanta, did an interview with Carlos King, and he used to be the executive producer for several seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and he was also the producer for, I believe, the first two seasons of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So uh, Nene and Carlos King are very good friends. Nene did an interview. It was a two-part interview, over an hour each part. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the interview. You can go on YouTube and you can watch the interview. It was very insightful. I have to say, this interview kind of made me miss Nene on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Um, But also this interview reminded me that Nene has always had a difficult time taking ownership of her actions in certain situations. So basically, you know, Nene talked about what life has been like after Bravo and the fact that, you know, she kind of feels like she's been blacklisted and she hasn't really been able to get opportunities since, you know, her lawsuit with NBC Andy Cohen, and the production company of The Royal Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, She also talked about what she thinks about some of the ladies on the show, and she talked about how she doesn't really think anyone's a star and can hold their own and hold down the show, with the exception of maybe Kenya Moore. Um, And, you know, Nene did say some things that I did agree with, like the fact that, you know, like, Kenya seems bored on the show. And like I mentioned this on the last podcast episode that, you know, in order to get the best moments from Kenya Moore, she needs a formidable adversary on the show in order for Kenya to be activated. So I agree with Nene Leakes in that situation. Um, Nene also talked about, like, uh, why she sued Bravo and Andy and the production company, and she felt like there was unfair treatment of not only her, but the other cast members on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and also there was... Allegedly, according to Nene, that there was apparently a group text message, you know, chain with all the ladies from Atlanta talking about how they feel like certain things are unfair and how they were treated. Um, Listen, I love Nene, but I think 
she did a lot to make sure that she will never be welcomed back on the Real Housewives of anything. I don't think that we're going to see her on a future girls trip. I would love for Nene and Andy to be able to sit down, and Carlos said this, to sit down without lawyers involved and just have a heart-to-heart. Because I do believe, like Carlos King said, if they had like two, three hours, just them two, I believe that they can make up. But, you know, Nene did allegedly tweet that, you know, Andy Cohen was a, you know, a cokehead and a racist. And I feel like after that, there's no way you were going to come back to Bravo. Because, like, Andy Cohen's the king of Bravo, and he's also the executive producer of all the housewife shows. So, like, when you call out this man for being a cokehead, allegedly, and a racist, listen, you, you have burnt that bridge. But, you know, if you want to watch that Nene Leakes interview again, it's on YouTube. I suggest it. Um, I really enjoyed the interview. But let's get into my next thing on the Bravo news, and that... <laughs> That is Lenny Hochstein. This is the soon-to-be ex-husband of Lisa Hochstein, who's on The Real Housewives of Miami. Um, So, I don't know when this happened. When was this? Five days ago. Oh, Lord, I'm late. But um, Lenny and the mistress, the jump-off, the sideline hoe, decided to post on Instagram that they are engaged. Um, According to Lisa... They have been engaged already and for some reason decided to stage this engagement for Instagram and it's getting thirsty. But honestly, I went from being upset about Lenny having this posted on Instagram to being upset at Lenny's mother, Marina. And I'm going to read a quote, you know, what she you know, posted on the Instagram post of the engagement. And she said, and I quote, I will be very happy that this time you are getting a woman who love and di- and respect you. You certainly did not have that in your previous marriage. Good luck, congratulations, heart emoji. And I'm like that that's very not only shady, not only disrespectful, but I think also classless of you to comment something like that publicly. Um Not only in support of your son and his mistress, but also in non-support of the mother of your grandchildren. Like, I just did not think that was necessary. And I think that was just, like, tasteless and tacky to even, like, add that to it. Like, you could have just texted them that privately. Texted them both and give them congratulations and throw shade at Lisa, however you feel about her. And it's just weird because, you know, if you remember on The Real Housewives in Miami last season, Marina Hochstein was on Lisa Hochstein's side and was shocked about the fact that her dear son would ever do such a thing. But, you know, money talks. And it's possible that Lenny is funding the lifestyle of his mother. So maybe his mother felt the need to, you know, comment support on the Instagram posts to make sure, you know, the cash keeps flowing her way and she's still able to maintain the lifestyle that she has become accustomed to. But honestly, I I think that was tacky and tasteless. Just very. I was disturbed by that. 
I really was, especially for a woman of her age. She is a woman of a certain age. And you would just think that at that age, you would know better and that you would do better. But moving on to the next thing in Bravo News, and that is today. Well, actually, it's 1239 a.m. on Friday. So technically, yesterday, during the day, we got the season nine trailer for Southern Charm, and it looks really good. It is messy. You know, on this season, we have three new cast members, and we also have one less cast member because Catherine is no longer on the show. I believe that she was let go because apparently she is very difficult to work with and she would not show up to filming on time or she would just decide not to film at all. So Catherine is no longer on the show and we have three new cast members. If you have not watched the trailer for season nine of Southern Charm, you can go to at Bravo T with Jared B, my Instagram page, and I have it posted on my page. Also, you can go to like Twitter and Instagram. It's everywhere. But I'm really excited for this new season of Southern Charm. I was about to say there were Housewives of Southern Charm, but I'm very excited for this new season of Southern Charm. It looks very messy. Allegedly, Austin slept with Shep's ex-girlfriend, Taylor, which, you know, I had a suspicion of something at that reunion last season um, because it seemed like not only the reunion, but it seemed like Austin at times was a little too invested in how Taylor was feeling and about her life. So I knew, I knew it. I knew it. I knew something was going on. I knew it. I knew it. And then we also see like the same kind of, you know, Peter Pan syndrome from some of the male cast members on this show. I mean, listen, most of these cast members, I believe, are older than me and they act younger than me. Like at a certain point, like, aren't you over the drama and the messiness and sleeping around? Like, how many times do you have to get caught up and like you're your your sex cravings like i don't know i don't know i don't know but if you haven't seen the the trailer for season nine of southern charm check it out i'm looking forward to recapping and discussing southern charm season nine on bravo t with jared b i'm also hoping that i can maybe interview one of the cast members of the show i'm really trying to get shep rose on the podcast. I've had somewhat of a rapport with him on Twitter from my personal account. He's very nice. He's very cool. Um, I Listen, I slid in his DMs. I reached out to his agent. So I'm crossing my fingers, praying to God that I can get the Shep Rose interview for the podcast. So put out some good energy, send up a prayer to the Lord or whomever that you uh, pray to. Um, And let's hope that I can get an interview with one of the cast members of Southern Charm. Um, But we are going to get into my recap of Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappy Lake. (music) 
So now we have Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappy Lake. This is season one, episode five, titled Taking Care of Business. Um, I honestly, this recap is going to be very short. I feel like it's going to be six minutes because not much happened in this episode. It was entertaining, but you can tell that things are winding down. I am wondering how many episodes are in this season because Luann, there's a moment in this episode where they get the playground and they, and Luann says like, she's happy they got the playground so they can do a ribbon cutting ceremony before they leave. So the fact that she's mentioning in episode five that they're going to be leaving, I'm wondering how many episodes the season is. Like, do we have one or two or three episodes? Is this like an eight episode season and the season's probably short because it's the first season and they probably didn't know how this show would be received by viewers so I assume if they get a second season we might get 10 to 12 episodes maybe we'll see or maybe you know maybe this show doesn't need that many episodes I would like at least eight to ten eight to ten okay bravo eight to ten So this episode starts with Luann and Sonia cleaning motel rooms because the usual motel cleaner is out sick. Sonia mentions that Billy, the one that gave her a little Benton bang bang a couple of weeks ago, keeps texting her with kissy faces. So I guess, you know, Sonia put a hurting on Billy and now he is sprung. Like, I'm sprung out to get me, got me doing things I never do. Shout out to T-Pain. But I need to point out that Luann and Sonia are better than me because I would have had a mask on, gloves, a hazmat suit, at the very least, because you don't know what people do in motel rooms and hotel rooms. Listen, people get up to things. People have hookers, parties. People are not sanitary. People are messy. People are nasty. So I would have been fully strapped up, not with a gun, but with like protection from germs because people are nasty. Hashtag it. But I do have to ask you guys, do you think that this motel was staged to be messy so that they can clean it up on the show? Because I feel like the mess looked conveniently placed. Like I've stayed in hotel rooms before. I have stayed in Airbnbs and I have never left trash lying around a hotel room, an Airbnb. Like, I always clean things up before I leave, even though I know the place is going to be cleaned after I leave. But, like, I'm not going to leave a place that's not my home a mess while I'm staying there independently. You know what I mean? But then we move on to the animal shelter, and Luann and Sonia are helping out the animal shelter, and the ladies come up with the idea to do a dog walk outside so the dogs can run around because, you know, the dogs are a little rambunctious, you know, hanging out in those cages in the animal shelter. And, you know, the animal shelter has dealt with, you know, budgeting issues and has not really been able to afford in the past the ability to put up a fence so dogs can run out and have some playtime outside. So I'm happy that Luann and Sonia came up with this idea. But then three hours later, Luann and Sonia go to Dairy Queen. And honestly, I've been waiting for them to go to Dairy Queen this whole entire show. I love me some Dairy Queen. I probably have not had Dairy Queen in two years, but I do love their French fries. If I go to Dairy Queen, normally I'm just getting their French fries. 
But honestly, I really want to see them go to Walmart. And I don't really understand why I want to see them go to Walmart. I just would like to see the experience, their reactions, because I don't know if Luann and Sonia have been to a Walmart before and maybe seeing them discover Walmart for the first time could be fascinating. You know, watching rich and famous people, I mean, they're reality show famous, not like, you know, Beyonce and Taylor Swift famous, but, you know, I I love to see people who live a certain life do regular things like we do, like go to the grocery store or go to Walmart or Home Goods. So I I really would have loved to see Luann and Sonia do a Walmart trip. But instead, the ladies go to this place called Sue's to go shopping for some local Benton fashion. And, like, I didn't realize how cheap Sonia Morgan is because she's like, this is $89. Did they raise the prices because we're in town? Um, Sonia, I know you can afford an $89, whatever it is you were shopping for. And then, like, Luann and Sonya try on wigs, and I have to say that Luann looked very good in that short wig, Um, and Sonya looked good in that, like, bob wig. It looked like, you know, a little Victoria Beckham, even though I do think the hair was a little too blonde for Sonya's complexion. I don't know why I'm saying this, because I'm not, like, a hairologist, Um, or a hairdresser, or a a colorist for the hair. But, you know, I think Sonya's wig could have been a little less blonde. Um, And then, while they're in Sue's, Luann gets a call that they got the playground. And I'm very happy for them, because I know Luann and Sonya were very uh, disappointed by the fact that due to a lumber shortage. They weren't able to get the playground that they were working on getting for Benton, Illinois. So I have to say, Sanasa, 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 Sanasa. That's a little throwback to The Simple Life with Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. If you did not know <laughs> what I was just doing, um, so Luann drives back to the animal shelter and she is listening to her song, Feeling Giovanni, which is a very Luann thing to do. It, it's giving narcissists light, not full narcissists, but it's like, it's a little weird. I would be a little weirded out to listen. Listen, now that I have a podcast, I do listen to some of my episodes because I create audio reels to post on social media. But also, I listen to some of my podcast episodes for self-criticism to see, take notes and see, you know, maybe I should try this, try an intro here, you know, basically to make the podcast better, but I hate listening to the sound of my voice. So when I listen to my podcast episodes, I actually speed it up to 1.2 times so I can just get over, not get over it, but you know, get through it. You know what I mean. (laughs) But we find out that Luann and Sonia paid out of pocket for the dog fence, and they plan to offset the costs of the dog fence by doing a couple of cameos. I wonder how much it costs to do a cameo uh, for Luann and Sonia. I'm going to look that up and find out. Because I really want to get Sonia on the podcast for an interview. So maybe I will pay her a cameo fee And ask her if she will come on the podcast because I tried DMing her and emailing uh, her team and I have not gotten a response yet. And I would really love to interview Sonia Morgan. She's probably my favorite housewife 
of New York, of the OGs, between her and early Bethany, like Bethany season one, two, and three. Um, Because when Bethany came back to New York, she was kind of full of herself and, you know, she was successful. She had money. And, you know, she wasn't the same Bethany that we met in the beginning of OG Real Housewife of New York. But then the ladies arrived to the ribbon cutting ceremony for the playground. And uh, I have to say again, shout out to Luann and Sonia for getting this playground after the town of Benton has been trying to get this done for three years. And, you know, listen, Luann got a little emotional and long winded um, when giving a speech before the cutting of the ribbon. And listen, I I was waiting for the mayor or not Luann, Sonia, to tell Luann, you know, let's zip it, girl. Let's cut this ribbon and get out of here. Um, And then, listen, Craig, that, what, I forgot what his position was, but, you know, he was helping them build a park. And I have to say, the ladies got Craig emotional after accomplishing this playground for Benton. And remember, in the first episode of Crappy Lake, Craig was one of the people in Benton that were a little uh, hesitant about the arrival of Luann and Sonia because I guess he thought they were going to be snobby and pretentious and divas because they're, you know, from New York. And listen... Luann and Sonia and their participation, participation in helping Benton become a better place for people to visit and a better place for the citizens of Benton really got Craig emotional. And you can tell that Luann and Sonia changed the minds of Craig. Listen, Luann and Sonia for president. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, there are too many people these days that think that they can run for president. Could you imagine if Luann and Sony ran for president? I'd be like, girl, fall back, know your place, stick to reality television. Um, but yeah, that's it for my recap of Crappy Lake. There wasn't much to talk about. Listen, Luann and Sonia are changing lives one small town at a time. So now we have the Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, This is season 17, episode nine, titled Loose Lips and Relationships. And I got to be fully honest before I start this recap of OC. I had a um, old fashioned before doing this podcast, recording this podcast, and I am feeling it. I'm like feeling Giovanni. (laughs) But yes, this is, like I said, season 17, episode 9, Loose Lips and Relationships. And I have to say, normally I don't drink um, before I record. You know, I like to be fully sober. But this episode continues with the Trace Amigas lunch, and Shannon is crying to production about the fact that her now ex-boyfriend, John Jansen, will be extremely upset if this comes out because... He's super private and he's going to lose it. Now, I normally would not uh, hyper focus on the lose it part that Shannon said, but she kind of left me with no choice when she said in her confessional that she confided in Heather when she told her that she was upset about something that was happening to her in her relationship. So my question is, what was happening to Shannon and her relationship with John Jansen? Now I want to know. 
But the ladies are back seated at the table, and Tamara tells Shannon that Heather has been telling Gina and Emily what Shannon told her, and Shannon replied, details? So now I'm wondering, what is Shannon hiding? Also, Shannon, you should be questioning your friend Tamara about why she would even attempt to bring up this information that she, that, well, not she, that we didn't know about until Emily mentioned it on camera and until Tamara was about to spill the tea at this lunch. Because I would assume my good friend would not dare reveal personal details about my relationship on camera like she has done another cast member of the show, Jen. But that's just me. Watch your back, Shannon. Watch your back. So then we get to Emily and Shane and their family. Emily and Shane are with their kids at the pumpkin patch. And you you know, some common bickering happens between, uh, you know, what I would... Listen, I think that this bickering that happened between Emily and Shane is common bickering that sometimes happens in a marriage um, or in a couple in general. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So, like, I really can't say. But I'm... I'm an observant person. And Emily shares that she feels like Shane undermines her parenting in front of the kids, and it makes her look like a jackass. Now, like I said, even though I'm not married and I don't have kids, I could understand Emily's frustration because if it's done enough in front of the kids, their kids might learn not to trust Emily or listen to Emily's parental decisions, and they might go to Shane in an attempt to override Emily. And the kids might also learn to play Emily and Shane against each other because, you know, once kids figure out a thing about the dynamics of their parent, they will use it against the parents to get what they want. But then we move right along. Uh, Tamara and Jen meet up. Uh, I don't know if they frozen yogurt or fruit parfait. That really doesn't matter. But Tamara turns on her tears and apologizes to Jen because she's going through a hard time. And Tamara says she wants them to get to a place where they can trust each other and Jen can open up to her. Jen, accept the apology. Back away slowly and don't turn around because you might get another knife in your back as you walk away. If I were Jen, after all that Tamara has done and said on camera, I would even trust giving Tamara the time if she asked for it. Then Tamara invites Jen and Ryan to a dinner with her and Eddie and Shannon and John. But little does Jen know that this dinner is going to be a full-on interrogation held by Tamara and Eddie. So then we move on to Heather Dubrow and Mark Cuban. Heather Dubrow meets up with billionaire and Dallas Cowboys owner Mark Cuban at Javier's. And we find out that the Dubrows invested in Mark Cuban's new business. Now, I don't know how I don't know much about this fireside business of Mark Cuban's. But the fact that Heather Dubrow was able to get Mark Cuban to agree to be filmed on The Real Housewives of Orange County is quite impressive to me. Honestly, I think this is the biggest flex I've seen on The Real Housewives of Orange County in 17, 17 seasons of the show. Other than when Vicki Govelson got that family van dropped off at her house so her family could go on vacation. I told you I needed a family van. <laughs> I mean, it surprises me. The 
but listen, the fact that I can remember like small things, quotes, sayings of <laughs> Real Housewives for like. That family van situation had to be like season two or three of the Real Housewives of Orange County, what, 15 years ago? So the fact that when I was watching this episode, that moment came to mind, I'm like, what? I cannot believe that, like, there's literally an encyclopedia of the Real Housewives moments that sit inside my brain. Meanwhile, when I'm getting ready for the morning and ready to walk out the door to go to work, I can't even remember where I put my wallet or my keys, but yet when it comes to a show on Bravo, it, it sticks in my head. So then we move on to this scene with Tamara, Jen, and Heather. Tamara, Jen, and Heather meet up for kickboxing class and the ladies start trying, chatting about, Shan- you see, you see, this, this is that old fashioned, can't even keep my words together. But uh, yes, they meet up at that kickboxing class and the ladies start chatting about Shannon Bedore's relationship. And Tamara pulls a shysty move and tries to see if she can catch Heather Dubrow in a lie about talking about Shannon's relationship. But Heather saw Tamara's cards and did not fall for the trickery. So kudos to you, Heather Dubrow. I'm going to give you a round of applause for that moment because Tamara was trying to set you up and you did not fall for it. Um... So that was pretty much all that happened in that scene. But I have to get to Gina Kirschenheider getting her real estate license for a quick moment. I first want to say good for Gina that she's getting started in real estate because it can be very lucrative. And I know that Gina wants to be able to provide for her family in the way that she feels like she should and, you know, move out the casita and get a bigger home for her kids and Travis's kids. Um, but this part of her storyline is giving pedestrian. And I say that because any one of us average Joes could get a real estate license. And I'm not saying that getting a real estate license is pedestrian. I want to make that clear. However, the Real Housewives are supposed to be aspirational. And this is not giving aspirational. Now, if Gina started her own real estate firm, then that would feel more aspirational to me personally. And I know getting a real estate license is not easy, but I don't think this is contributing anything to Gina's spot on the Real Housewives of Orange County. So now we get to this triple date. So it's Tamara and Eddie, Shannon and John Jansen, and Jen and Ryan. And Jen and Ryan arrive last. And honestly, I'm like, what in the hell is Ryan wearing? Like, return it, get your money back, burn it, something. Not even the kids are wearing these type of clothes. And he might as well be wearing Ed Hardy, no shade to Ed Hardy. But you know, an Ed Hardy ensemble screams before you enter the room. And Ryan's outfit is yelling, and now my ears are ringing. So, um, in this triple date that's happening, Ryan makes a very dumb move and makes a joke about the dick pic, which has been the co- the topic of conversation over the past couple of episodes of The Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, listen, Ryan, this is a dumb move because when you mention a thing, that leaves room for it to be discussed, whether on the show, 
in front of your face, behind your back, on Watch What Happens Live. Like, let's remember, if you mention it on camera, it can and will be talked about by the women on this show. But Ryan tells Eddie that he feels hurt and betrayed by Eddie, and Eddie decides to mention it all and starts grilling Ryan about if he cheated on his wife and if he cheated on Jen. And honestly, why is it any of Eddie's damn business? Like, why is it any of Tamara's business? And honestly, I'm shocked. And I'm shocked because Eddie never really got involved in the drama on the Real Housewives the Real Housewives of Orange County in the past. So it's shocking to me that Eddie is taking the lead role in this conversation. Like, I'm trying to think, was this a setup? Is this something that Eddie and Tamara had planned? I'm still confused by Eddie's uh, forwardness and getting involved and kind of stirring the pot on this show. And I'm wondering, like, you know, did Tamara give Eddie a pep talk Prior to coming back to the show and be like, Eddie, I I need you to like show up and show out and like help me out and make sure I get I stay on the show and keep my orange. But like at this point, Eddie kind of feels like an official friend of. Is Eddie going to get an orange next season? Is Eddie going to get a tagline and an intro? Like what's going on, Eddie? Stay out of it. I don't like when the men get involved in the drama. Like, I honestly, like, I, to me, this would have been better suited if Eddie and Ryan maybe had a separate conversation outside of this. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. That's my recap of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Again, I want to thank you all for listening and subscribing and supporting the podcast. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B. You can follow us on Twitter at Bravo T with JB. We are on threads. We are on the TikTok. Holla. I'm, I'm still trying to learn the TikTok, you know. It's it's a lot. It's a lot with all these social medias and trying to promote the show and, like, be active. And I've, I have a full nine to five, so I really can't give my full self to constantly being on social media. Like, there's times I want to post on Instagram, you know, a reel, maybe a clip or a preview of the next episode of one of these shows that I recap on the podcast. But it's hard because I can't be at work on Instagram all day. I just can't. It's not professional. And I need to show that like I can do both things. I don't feel the need to prove myself to anyone but myself, but I'm just saying. But anyway, continue to support the pod. Tell your friends, your family, your co-workers, your lovers, your cat and dog to subscribe to Bravo T with Jared B. Give us a review. Five stars, no less than four, but I prefer five. Give us a nice review. It does help the metrics for the podcast so we can be seen and we can get ranked and so we can get more viewers to the show. And remember that when you subscribe to the podcast, you get those automatic downloads so you don't have to seek out an episode. And that definitely does help the metrics of the show. Now, I'm trying to decide a thing if I want to recap 
below deck down under because I am watching and you know we're like what five episodes in and it's getting good so I'm I'm, I'm gonna contemplate over the weekend if I'm going to be talking a recapping discussing below deck down under especially because it seems like crappy lake is about to end within the next couple of weeks and i don't want to just have my recap of orange county on friday's episode but that's all the bravo tea i have for you today i thank you and i love you for listening and i hope you guys have a great weekend and until next time until wednesday's episode of bravo tea with jared b Have a good one, everyone.